millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On this week's show, first impressions of Apple TV device in 4K, why Apple TV is a dream come true for ESPN Plus subscribers, major streaming service announces price increase, latest update about Talk Sports Premier League radio commentaries, plus we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, aka The Gaffer, joined alongside co-host Kartik Krishnaya for our very first uh, podcast of 2021. It's a brand new year. Uh, 2020 is gone. It's it's behind us. And uh, now we're looking ahead and hoping that this year will be much better in terms of soccer and um, the experience of watching soccer uh, through apps and websites uh, and television, of course. And of course, we got this summer uh, the promise of hopefully um, Gold Cup the Olympics, Euro 2020, even though it's going to be Euro 2021, uh, plus much, much more. Now, Kartik, um, from this past week, not not to go into a lot of detail, but anything that you've watched from this past week that uh, jumped out at you or uh, anything interesting to, to note for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, in terms of matches, uh, there was a lot of bad football, I think, over the, the holiday period in the Premier League and heard a pretty good discussion of it on the ESPN FC with Craig Burley and Stuart Robson, uh, both of whom tend to be kind of sometimes critics of the quality of play anyway. But talking about the quick turnarounds, the, the, the COVID situation, which, which limited uh, squats for a number of clubs, creating some bad matches. But I think New Year's Day... The Manchester United-Aston Villa match at Old Trafford was particularly good and particularly entertaining. And two really good footballing sides. Uh, There were lots of chances in the match. There were a lot of back-and-forth opportunities. And I would say also some pretty good defending, uh, uh, with the exception of a a mistake by Tyrone Mings, right, on the the first United goal um, that that, that led to that. But some pretty good defending in uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, both bo- both sides. So I would say that was a highlight for me. Uh, I uh, really think NBC's coverage over the festive period was greatly enhanced by Danny Higginbotham uh, being on the set almost every day, giving us some unique analysis. He doesn't pull punches, and Chris he also talks about other sides beyond 
the big six. The the, the thing that's uh, ended up happening, I think, even more over this this holiday period is I'm seeing incredible big six bias in media coverage all over where uh, there is a lack of awareness of, uh, let's just take Liverpool, for example. We know Van Dyke's out, right? We know Matip is out now. We know Thiago's been out for a while. But you uh, and Jota has been out since that last Champions League match. You would think they were consistently playing teams that were fully fit. And woe is me, Jurgen Klopp, we have a bunch of injuries. Well, in fact, the reality is Newcastle has two guys that have been out long term with COVID. In addition to four or five other guys that have been out with COVID. Uh, at various times and their usual spate of injuries. Okay. And then Southampton had, um, I think just about every significant player they have high end player. They have with the exception of James Ward Prowse and the oft injured Danny Ings out of that match against Liverpool, starting with Vestergaard, who to me has been the best center back in the, in the league this season with the absence of uh, Van Dyke since Van Dyke got injured. Really very little discussion of this in the media. It's like, oh, Liverpool's got all these injuries. And, um, and then obviously, you know, Man City's got COVID problems and Spurs have injuries. Funny, Leicester has injuries too, but they talk about Leicester's injuries less than the big six clubs. So I, Chris, I have to say, I, over the peri- festive period, I really hit my limit with all this kind of big six bias. Or maybe, I don't know if it's conscious or subconscious, but so Higginbotham was a really welcome relief for me, a breath of fresh air on NBC's coverage. And then I would say Craig Burley on ESPN FC has been quick to point out the injury problems for clubs like Southampton, West Ham and others uh, when uh, that seems to be forgotten by his colleagues on ESPN FC. Uh, one other note, I thought Liam McHugh, I, I, Ahmed Farid did a good job also. He hosted mm-hmm. a number of days. Um on NBC, I thought Liam McHugh in particular was excellent. Uh, I, I hadn't noticed in the past how quickly he can transition. Um, I think maybe he knows the Premier League better now than maybe he did a few years ago when he was a fill-in host. But uh, he quick transitions. He was asking the right questions and, and really seemed very, very well prepared and on it. So uh, I, we love Rebecca Lowe, but I, I didn't really miss her over the holiday period, to be honest with you, with, with uh, McHugh and, and Fareed. The only issue I have about uh, Danny Higginbotham, and and he's been fantastic, and it's one of those things that um, we haven't missed Tim Howard. I mean, I mean, no offense. I mean, we, Danny Higginbotham is is much better. But it, shoot, I even forgot, Chris. Sorry to cut you okay. off. I even forgot he was working for NBC. So continue. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> well, well, the, that's part of my issue. Is the issue I have is that Danny Higginbotham, as far as I know, is not a has not been recruited by NBC Sports to be the, one of their uh, full time hosts or, or analysts. Analysts, I should I should say. Uh, we know that Tim Howard is um, Danny Higginbotham. I think is more. Right now, temporary, at least, kind of a fill-in uh, over the holidays. And while Tim Howard is out, presumably on vacation, uh, presumably, I mean, Tim will come back pretty soon in the next uh, couple of weeks. And we're not sure about Danny Higgin, Botham at that point. Yes, Danny also works for CBS Sports HQ for their Champions League coverage, as well as I think he's still doing work for Sky Sports, as, as you reported recently in an article at uh, worldsoccertalk.com. That's my concern about Danny Higginbotham. Uh, if NBC Sports haven't uh, made a long-term commitment with him yet uh, for I mean, the rest of the season and, and for next season, which is their final season under the current deal, um, I, I, I'd be astonished. I mean, because they need to, to go ahead and, and push through because he, he is that good. Um, yeah, I, 
Go ahead. I, I would also remind our listeners that, and it's in the article you you, you mentioned that I, I wrote after uh, you know some some discussions with uh, with with Danny Higginbotham. That he's now uh, the the co-commentator for Philadelphia Union broadcast. We don't know what's going to happen with the MLS season, right? There's still a lot, some question marks, but at some point he will be drawn away on weekends when there are Premier League matches. Right. When Premier League and MLS conflict, he will be drawn away. So that's another concern. Yeah, and it's looking like right now, at least uh, mid March, for a, a, a new startup of the league, uh, Major League Soccer for the 2021 season. Although that could be delayed, uh, depending on the uh, the CBA negotiations. Uh, my match of the week from last week, Kartik, uh was was Boca Juniors against River Plate in the Super Classico. Uh, ended up being a two-two tie. Uh, just a, as always, a, a very attacking, very exciting. Also very physical. I mean, both both uh, teams going at it. Uh, but uh, even though this, the commentary was in Spanish, there was no English language commentary, which which I knew going into it, um, it was going to be that. Uh, watched that on uh, Fanatis and really enjoyed the game. So so great. And it, it, for for whatever reason, whenever I'm, I'm watching um, the Argentine league, especially games uh, from uh, La Bombardero. Bombardero the picture quality always seems to be like just like really bright, vivid uh, HD quality. Um, so I'm not sure if it's the lighting or the production or what, but um, it looked good uh, and it was a great game at, at the end of the end of the day. All right, Kartik, before we move on to TV streaming news and anything else you want to add? Yeah, I, I will actually say that the uh, that the Copa Libertadores has has been uh, interesting to me, and uh, I've. It's odd it taking place at this time of the year, and it's being squeezed in with all these European leagues playing at the same time. So used to it, with the exception of that one year ending in the summer. But I uh, I agree with you on on Boca River, and, and actually, um, and am uh, uh, enjoying uh, the, the it kind of dovetailing. Uh, 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 European broadcasts during the day, which means maybe in the future, Chris, you can hold me to account on this. When I make the excuse that I'm burnt out from European matches and don't feel like watching MLS, maybe it's just because I don't feel like watching MLS, right? Because <laughs> if it's uh, if it's Boca and River, and I've watched European matches during the day, it's I'm going to watch Boca River. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that I, I kind of exposed me in a way because I, uh, I I typically have made that excuse. Yeah, it, it's a valid excuse, though. I mean, both you and I, and and I'm sure many of our listeners uh, listening right now, uh, go through that. Where on a weekend, for example, on a Saturday, they, they may have watched uh, two or three or four games, and then by that point, it's um, mid to late afternoon, and you know, I mean, whether it's uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, partner, even children, whatever. Uh, or other duties. I mean, other things to happen. Uh, they de- they definitely uh, definitely pull you away from from watching another game. But at the end of the day, I always say this: that if there's a game that's that much of a must watch, uh, you, I, everyone will do everything we can to watch that game. So it does come at a, at the end of a long day. But then at the same time, so does uh, Liga MX games uh, from Mexico. And we know that those games on U.S. television uh, get some of the highest TV ratings. And, uh, and, and sure, it's a different audience. I mean, there are, that audience is probably not watching games from 7.30 in the morning Eastern time or sometimes 4.30 in the morning Pacific time. 
all the way through that whole day. But um, but yeah, definitely a good point there, Kartik. Uh, but I I still think if it's if it's a game that has to be watched, uh, that should be watched, the, that's a must see. Uh, we'll, we'll find a way to make it happen. And likewise, uh, the opposite if it's if it's not meant to be that. Um, moving on to TV streaming news, and uh, we've uh, we mentioned this in the opening of the the show, teasing that uh, one of the streaming services out there is going to raise its price. Well, Kartik, uh, you have the details. Yeah, so ESPN Plus is raising its annual subscription price to fifty nine ninety nine in. 2021 uh, the price point has gone up we know um, and it, this actually sort of surprised me Chris because uh, and, uh, Disney investor day was last month and this specific topic didn't come up and I have to say I took away the impression that the the, the, the streaming services prices were, were frozen or were effectively frozen for 2021 which Maybe that's my misinterpretation, but so th- th- this actually surprised me. But we're going to see an increase in price um, to fifty nine ninety nine uh, for for an annual subscription, which works out to well, what would that be? That's uh, still five dollars a month versus what basically four before for foreign change. Uh, but it is it is a significant hike if if you buy the annual plan. Yeah, so it's gone up by ten dollars. So it's gone up from forty nine ninety nine to fifty nine ninety nine for an annual subscription. Um, but if you did, if you didn't do the annual and you just did month to month and you paid the five ninety nine a month um, over the course of of twelve months, that's seventy two bucks. So by going ahead and you uh, I mean for for me personally, after probably what I don't know a couple of months of ESPN Plus and I saw all of the all the games that were on there, I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm going to be watching this every single month of the year, no matter what, probably every single day. So for me to go ahead and get the annual subscription, you mean, it's going to save me money in the long run uh, if I have that money to, to, to spend right now. So, yeah, so even by raising it $10 to $60 effectively, uh, you're still saving $12 a year, uh, which is enough for, you know, I, mean, I don't know, a subscription to... The Disney Plus bundle, or, or or whatever whatever else else you want to do, or if you want to save that, uh, definitely good savings there. A story I mentioned in last week's uh, episode, which is the last episode of uh, 2020, was talking about talk sport, and and the concern was that the Premier Premier League radio uh, broadcasts that have been on there for years and years and years uh, from talk sport. So if you ever went to tune in. Tune in radio, uh, whether it's uh, on the website or the app, you could see you'd you'd see the listing for Talk Sport, and it would list every single Premier League match, and you could listen to Talk Sport Live, which is their live radio commentary of games, and that was available worldwide outside of the UK and Ireland. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we had a lot of alarming uh, emails, tweets, um, and messages from listeners in the US saying like, oh my gosh, what happened to Talk Sport and the Premier League broadcasts, the radio broadcasts, they're no, no longer lo- longer available. And when we went to record this uh, podcast uh, in the last episode, uh, we looked through TuneIn and all of the Talk Sport um, channels and, and stations there had been removed completely gone so at the time we thought that this was going to be you mean this is it i mean talk sport possibly ending the premier league radio broadcasts uh since then we've reached out to talk sport uh to get some more information 
we didn't hear back from them. But l- luckily, uh, Russell Hargreaves, who is one of the commentators for Talk Sport Live, uh, went ahead and um, I guess listened to the podcast and tweeted back to us to let us know that um, they are still available. They are still being um, br- uh, broadcasted or uh, put on the radio live. And the big change, however, is that they're no longer on TuneIn. So if you've gone there in the past to listen to those broadcasts, don't go to TuneIn. Instead, it's on their website. And if you go to their website, and I think it's actually, I, actually, I, we have the, the link on the website, but I'll, I'll put it in the uh, the show notes for this episode. But there's a link uh, that will take you deep into the site. And then there it has listings for the actual game so we can listen to it live. Unfortunately, if you get the TalkSport app, uh, you can't listen to the games through there. And unfortunately, if you go to the TalkSport homepage on any Premier League uh, match day and you try listening to the broadcasts on the on the homepage, it won't work. It'll give you a, a message talking about um, this game isn't available in your area. Check your local rights restrictions or whatever the message is. Uh, so, so it's actually a lot of hunting and pecking to find the information you're looking for. It is still there. They're still doing it. Uh, they haven't communicated any of this. So for a lot of fans, including ourselves, we had to really kind of uh, grin and bear and figure it out ourselves. And, and thankfully for uh, Russ Hargreaves, who pointed us in the right, right direction, um, like I said, and I'll include that link in the show notes. All right, Kartik, moving on, TV ratings. Uh, we do not have a lot of these this week, but um, there is one to mention, which is a highlight, and that is Boxing Day, uh, the most watched Boxing Day match ever on NBC Sports, and that was Arsenal against Chelsea. Uh, this game was on uh, NBC and uh, Universo, and this one had 1.3 million people watching this one. And Boxing Day was on a Saturday, right? So uh, a lot of people home, a lot of people not working, a lot of people probably looking for something to watch. And um, 1.3 million of them watched uh, Arsenal against Chelsea in, in what was a good game. Uh, yeah, it was a good game if you're an Arsenal fan. I, I think it was uh, a, maybe some of that rating spite was because of uh, Pulisic starting and playing and, and Saka who was the man of the match is thankful Pulisic started and played because he didn't drop back defensively and Saka had Saka Saka's been brilliant the whole Christmas period or whole festive period but it was particularly good that day all right Kartik I'm going to put you on the spot here now too because we didn't talk about uh, this weekend's matches but uh, the FA Cup is back right so Friday there's two matches on Friday uh, Aston Villa is playing Wolves uh, Liverpool's playing uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, you've got the FA Cup games. And uh, every single one of these third round games is streaming live on ESPN Plus, which is crazy when you think about it, because uh, each day there's like, what, probably over 15 to 20 games being played. Uh, a lot to choose from. There's no whip around show. This is, FA Cup would have been made for whip around show because you're, you mean, which match do you watch, right? I'll, I'll probably watch um, Stevenage against Swansea you'll probably watch Man City against whoever they're playing and then the other games the other I don't know 30 something games it's uh which one do you which ones do you pick so so my my tip Kartik for this weekend uh is listen to the radio listen to the whether it's uh talk sport radio or BBC radio 
uh, for the those uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time games on Saturday, when there are a ton of games on at the same time. And they will give you any up- updates or reports from around the grounds where there might be a shock happening. Maybe there's, it, there's a team lower down in divisions. Maybe it's a non-league team that's just scored a goal. And the atmosphere, well, without fans, the atmosphere is actually really, really good. And, and then oftentimes I'll tune into that game and watch that game. Or I'll flip around a lot to actually find the game I want to see. So my recommended game for this weekend, I don't have one. To me, it's more about just trying to uh, get lucky and find an FA Cup game that's going to be uh, incredible to watch or listen to the radio and get some pointers or, or even social media, right? And, and then find a game that, that is going to be one to watch because it's it's really difficult to, to find uh, that golden goose out of, out of all these games available. What about what about you, Kartik? Do you have any, anything or any tips or recommendations yeah, or what were you, you looking for? Yeah, sorry. I've got three matches I'm interested in in the FA Cup. Uh, QPR Fulham, which is uh, Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff, uh, 10 a.m. U.S. time, uh, U.S. Eastern time. Uh, West London Derby, uh, two, two uh, squads that I think are fighting relegation in their various divisions in May, even though it's a Derby play with a B team, or do they take it very seriously because it is a Derby? So that's, uh, that's an interesting match to me. Uh, on Sunday, uh, the late kickoff is Newport and Brighton. Newport have been cup specialists. They've been the best lower division club relative to their league position in cups over the course of the last five years or so. This season, they are very, very serious promotion contenders, Newport County. Yep. So will they uh, – can they afford a long cup run? And we know Brighton really can fighting relegation in the Premier League. So that, to me, is an interesting match. And then Monday, just for sentimental purposes, Stockport is back in the third round of the FA Cup for the first time in about a dozen years. And, and it's a club I have a soft spot for. So uh, Stockport County, uh, who are now no longer a football league club, they're in the uh, National League, they're in the conference, uh, but having a good season. And they have gotten to the third round of the FA Cup. And they play a West Ham team, which I, I'm not sure how seriously Moyes is going to take the FA Cup. Same thing. Uh, might might uh, I... Truthfully, I'm not sure that many clubs are going to take this weekend seriously, particularly uh, teams in the championship and the lower end of the Premier League with the quicker turnarounds this season, with the condensed calendar. The FA Cup is a competition I think a lot of uh, a, a lot of managers may just want to get out of immediately. So mm-hmm. um, that's uh, that's a consideration. But those are my three tips, my yep. three matches. Yeah, for for me, actually, I will enjoy watching the games for my own team because I'll be able to watch some of the the youth players and some of the players that don't get a lot of playing time uh, to see how much potential some of these players have uh, as they come through the system. So I, I often look at it as almost a, a scouting uh, opportunity. Um, and, and and that's the thing about the FA Cup, though, too, especially the third round, Kartik, is that the one of the joys of this round normally would be having cameras go to a small, even Division 2 or, or a League 2 or a non-league team and seeing this like really tiny little ground. Uh, and you have the terrace, I mean, the actual houses, terraced houses in the, in the background, maybe a picture of like, you know, a, a hill or a valley, or you see the, almost like at uh, Burnley in some ways too, where you see the background, you see, see the city or the town uh, behind there. And of course, the fans, the fans going absolutely rabid, uh, you know, when a goal is scored or just that whole atmosphere. 
And we're missing that this weekend. So um, it's going to be a very unusual FA Cup weekend. And uh, I'm sure, I can guarantee you, Kartik, that the Guardian podcast, you mean, on Monday and Tuesday will be like, ah, you mean, what's the point of the FA Cup? This is ridiculous. You mean, it's it's just, you mean, we're all, all these managers are playing the B teams. Uh, you mean, what's the point of this? This whole thing needs to be scrapped or changed because it, it's not working. Um, you, you know it's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Cambridge United didn't make the, the, the third round, so Max Rushton doesn't have a have a rooting interest. Uh, I don't believe they made the third round. But uh, I, actually, I do, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Guardian podcast, because I do have to say this much. Uh, when I criticize the Big Six narrative, Rushton does a very good job with his pod of, of trying to get past that, even though sometimes the, guy, the guests on his pod want to go there. So uh, credit to him. But, yeah, I think that, that we will hear that on the Guardian pod. We will hear that. On uh, ESPN FC, there'll be this, ah, the romance of the cup, it's dead. I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about tradition. Um, I do think, though, that there are, there are some clubs that particularly this season in lower divisions might sense the opportunity. Because as I said, I think you're going to see teams in the championship, especially in the championship, especially in that division, because it's so competitive and the stakes of, st- uh, of getting up to the Premier League or staying in that division uh, are so high, particularly with the finances as stretched as they are for a lot of football league clubs. I think you're going to see uh, League One and League Two teams really try and take this opportunity and know that they're probably going to face weakened, of not only Premier League opposition, but weakened, uh, almost significantly weakened championship opposition mm-hmm. with uh, with youth players. I know Darby County is going to field an entire uh, youth team. Yep. And their FA Cup uh, uh, tie on Saturday. So I'm sure they're not the only one. Yeah, yeah, it's could be like, yeah, like you said, a huge opportunity for League One and League Two sides, as well as some non-league sides, to uh, to get some big scalps and, and and move on to to the fourth round. So, right, and admittedly, get some. Uh, I mean, there's there's no uh, gate because of uh, COVID restrictions, but admitted uh, there's still some financial incentives involved. Right. That, um, in this time when look, we haven't talked about much on this podcast. Another prop for the Guardian pod. Uh, they're probably the only podcast that really has talked about it extensively. There is a, um, there are a number of English clubs in League One and especially League Two that are on the brink because of COVID. So uh, financially, less so in the Championship and, and the Premier League. But this could be a potential a bailout in terms of finances for them if they if they if they advance. <clears throat> Yeah, well, well, even the championship, though, too, this is something I tweeted last week, is that uh, Cardiff City's manager, Neil Harris, in a uh, post-match interview, I think last week, said yeah. said that yeah. there's there's clubs in the championship that haven't been playing their, paying their players, which is outrageous. I mean, uh, in, in England, you know, in terms of at that, at that level, if true, but I didn't really hear much uh, after that. So I think it kind of gets, got sw- swept under the carpet a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm sure it's happening. I'm sure there's there's some clubs that just so cannot afford. Wednesday is one of those clubs. Yeah, and um, I, I have a, a source who would know who's told me that Tony Pulis's departure, rather quick departure from that club, had to do with the fact that he was going to be given no transfer budget. We know Pulis likes to dip into the transfer market, uh, so it's not a coincidence he got sacked right before the end of uh, 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 the right before the transfer window opened. In Neil Harris's case specifically at, at Cardiff, great 
Millwall player, great Millwall manager. Uh, this Carter thing isn't really working out for him, and I understand that there were some financial incentives for potentially not to sack him for the club, uh, and, and that's why he's made it into 2021 because they haven't been playing particularly well, and maybe he was speaking about his own club in a way. Maybe they're not paying their players on time, but my understanding was that when I had said to somebody that, that knows the championship, I said, oh, gosh, you know, I love Neil Harris. I'm, I'm a little concerned about him. It was like, oh, no, 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 uh, Carter can't afford to sack him. Hmm. Interesting. Reasons. Yeah. So that, Inter- yeah, there's, you're right. I, I, I had forgotten some of these things, and you, you triggered my memory. All right, listener mailbag. Let's move on to that section right now. First up is Molly. Molly says, great end of the year recap. We get La Liga through Spectrum Cable. However, you need to pay extra $10 uh, per month for the sports package. La Liga made one of the worst business decisions staying with being sports and not going to open bids. And I'm sure ESPN would have picked up the rights and uh, given the league massive distribution. Corey says, enjoyed the Premier League rights uh, prognostication in this past week's pod. Let's play the the same game with Serie A and the FA Cup rights, which have been bundled on ESPN Plus the last three seasons. That deal is up after this current season, with Serie A selling the rights under a new media company. Does this mean the two packages won't be grouped together anymore? And where do you see these packages landing in 2021? So as far as I know, Corey, the packages won't be um, sold. The rights to those won't be sold together. It's going to be separated. Um, I think they're staying with ESPN Plus. If I ha- if I had to uh, take a gamble on this one, uh, Serie A, I think has been a good acquisition by ESPN. And what they've done for the league, how the league is progressing, and uh, kind of really kind of gaining more appeal um, in the last probably season and a half. Uh, they found a good kind of comfort level in terms of showing some of the big games on TV. And then, uh, of course, having um, almost all the games on ESPN+. And then FA Cup, but probably just see it continue at ESPN+. What about you, Kartik? Do you, can, do you see foresee uh, maybe a potential someone else grabbing these? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, again, I, I, I think uh, uh, them... Uh, 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 the, 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 the Serie A situation, the delinking makes it a, a standalone package, potentially, we think. And it will be easier for uh, somebody to make a bid on it. The, um, what, what IMG did with the rights last time was a little bit, uh, was, was a little bit odd. I, it also coincided, by the way, with, Pul- uh, with um, um, why am I blanking out, with Ronaldo. I almost said Pulisic. Uh, uh, Ronaldo going to Juventus so that that gave ESPN incentive to close that deal and get it done and the FA Cup needed a home in the United States but um, I think that Serie A could be shocked now is Serie A going to get a deal where they get 30 matches on television even though a lot of these matches are are, my DVR picks them up so they're 625 a.m. Eastern time things like that um is that going to happen with this new package? I, I um, with another carrier, I'm not sure. And uh, there's a lot of uh, bandwidth dedicated to Serie A on ESPN. This having been said, I think Serie A is probably uh, disappointed, if you ask me, in 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 what they've seen from ESPN in terms of promotion versus the Bundesliga. So. While there are more Serie A matches on 
ESPN linear television networks. While uh, they have their own Serie A dedicated podcast every week, while uh, they have they show the Serie A highlight show, which I got to see this week, which was fantastic uh, on ESPN Plus. It is pretty clear on ESPN networks and like mainstream ESPN platforms that there is more promotion going on of the Bundesliga and there is more uh, kind of in your face of the Bundesliga, even though the Bundesliga has far fewer games on ESPN linear television. So maybe the Serie A is going to look at ESPN and say, yeah, let's promote us equally with the Bundesliga. I do think the Bundesliga ESPN is thinking is a more attractive property to promote because of all the American players. And I think there's more, maybe more cultural commonalities with, with a lot of the soccer fans in this country uh they tend uh, a lot of them to drift towards northern european leagues etc so that's uh that to me is interesting as far as the fa cup i think it stays with espn plus the funny thing though is kartik if you had a private conversation with each of these major top leagues from around the world and asked them like hey um what's your feeling what's your perspective on how um the the tv broadcasts of your league uh, are going in the, in the states i can almost guarantee that almost all of them would say i'm disappointed it, it could be more we need more so i mean league Un, the french league uh publicly stated like about a year ago um there were kind of dissatisfaction with what being sports was doing and and them saying that yeah we need to be on we need to look closely at this and see if we can get on a, on a bigger network um la liga i'm sure is probably saying like yeah you I mean we're not really happy with being sports yeah they're doing an okay job they got the games on tv but we think they could be doing bigger and better by doing this that and the other uh the premier league probably is mostly satisfied but there's probably some things they would say they would probably say like well we'd like to see more games on nbc rather than nbcsn or peacock and, and you, you go you go down the list um with Serie A. Do you remember who had the rights uh, before ESPN Plus? Uh, Bien did. <laughs> right. But, right. But be, there was a lot of unhappiness among Serie A fans would be in. Look, so here is, I think, the leagues will complain about networks. I think the general fans of Serie A are much happier with ESPN Plus than they were with Bien. Um Right. Just based on my anecdote. I, yeah. mean, it's, I don't think it's even debatable. But yeah, it was on BN, but I had to think about that for a minute because <laughs> they, they were very invested in um, La Liga. They obviously have the ownership tie to PSG and Liga 1. Uh, and by, by, by you know, Virtue of PSG. Right. And I fe- always felt like their coverage, with the exception of having Matteo there, Benetti, uh, of Serie A it was a bastard stepchild at that network. That it was something no one was interested in. Yeah, and and, they, and, and, and even visibly they were less interested in it when they would have their uh, their Monday night show, the ex- whatever that's uh, the extra, the Express, whichever shows, right? Yeah, the locker room. Uh, there, there would be less interest <laughs> and less discussion in Serie A. Yeah, it, it's it's always it would always be number two at being sports, no matter what, because La Liga would always be number one. And, and even still, I'm sure La Liga would complain about the coverage they're getting. They would say, we need more, it should be better, it should be this, it should be that. Um, but that's my point about um, being sports is for Serie A, Serie A might have a conversation right now privately and say, yeah, we're not really happy. We want to have something more like the Bundesliga has, the, the that level of promotion, those levels of, we, we want to 
uh, a sports center episode about um, maybe not Ronaldo, maybe it's a, maybe it's Weston McKinney or maybe it's whoever it may be. And and, and those, those are valid complaints. Those are valid concerns that the Serie A would mention. But I think that Serie A is much better suited to continue with ESPN and ESPN Plus moving forward. Because the, the matter, and the, the truth of the matter is, we're running out of TV networks on the English language side. Fox Sports is not going to broadcast uh, Serie A. Uh, CBS Sports, it's pretty much all in on uh, CBS Sports, uh, CBS All Access on the streaming side. And what else is left? Uh, you've got um, NBC Sports, which is really kind of moving almost all in on Peacock. So everything's moving to, towards streaming anyway. So I think Serie A would be better suited to stick with ESPN Plus and maybe figure out a way to, to try to, to leverage some of the ideas and some of the things that the Bundesliga is doing. Um, and at the same time, gain, gaining a lot of um, eyeballs and reach and exposure by having a lot of coverage on ESPN FC, which they do. A lot of analysis, a lot of highlights, etc. Serie A is definitely a, a, a major talking point on, on that daily show. Now, Kartik, um, before we move on to the next uh, item in the news, I do want to mention something that we teased at the beginning of the show, and that is Apple TV. Now, when I say Apple TV, I don't mean the uh, Apple TV Plus, the service, the streaming service that has Ted Lasso and uh, a whole bunch of other things on there, like the, the was it um, the Tom Hanks movie and, and other th- things like that. What I mean is the actual Apple TV, the actual product, the actual box. If you go to, I don't know, a Best Buy or wherever... Uh, uh, or the Apple Store probably better. Uh, you can buy an actual Apple TV box that you can plug in. It's it's an over the top box. You can go ahead and watch um, add apps to it. You can hook up your iTunes to it. You can watch movies. You can buy movies. But I know that you have been messing around with it um, recently, yeah. as I I have done. So just by coincidence. Uh, so you go first. You tell me what uh, what you discovered. So, Saturday, West Brom played Arsenal, and I got this Apple TV 4K box, and I have a a, a pretty extensive iTunes library. So, I had uh, um, part of the advantage was that, okay, and I got the box that day. I mean, literally, it came in the mail, and I hooked it up, and the first first thing I was able to do after I'd set it up was watch West Brom and Arsenal. Um, in fact, I will admit that I, uh, as great a match as apparently scoreline Brighton Wolves was, I was messing with this box during that match, so I didn't really watch that match. And this, and this is match. And this is on Peacock, Kartik, right? Peacock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there's a Peacock app on Apple TV, and so I got the 4K box, and, I, and it's for me to watch my James Bond movies, which I have in 4K through iTunes and some other movies. Uh, uh, that Tom Hanks movie you mentioned, Greyhound, yeah. Apple TV Plus. The picture for me on Peacock was better than any NBC broadcast I had seen or any previous Peacock broadcast I had had. So I wasn't sure if – I had never thought about the fact that it may convert the signal I get that I would be watching in, in regular HD or 1080, whatever, uh, on uh, maybe 720 even on Peacock on the app on my computer or on the Peacock app on my LG TV to something that was ultra high definition, but it appeared watching that match it was. And then um, I have to say the the, the, the signals for uh, the Serie A 
review show that I watched on the ESPN watch ESPN app on Apple TV uh, this week. I have not watched the Bundesliga one yet, but I did watch the Serie A show already, and then also the um, the um, uh, the League Cup semifinal matches mm-hmm. seem to have been better. And when I switched, because the uh, the the um, this game was going on, right? The uh, the Manchester derby was going on at the same time as we had these this insurrection and all this excitement in Washington D.C. I was flipping back and forth between CNN on my direct TV to my OTT Apple TV box. And every time I switched back to the Manchester Derby, a little HDR icon came in the corner of, uh, of, of the screen and then would disappear after a couple seconds. So I was apparently getting an HDR signal for that match. So just fantastic. I was not expecting this. I paid... Uh, admittedly a lot of money to buy this box direct from apple i thought maybe i had wasted a lot of money i was thinking gosh you know maybe i could have gotten a roku stick for one third the cost but once you're in the apple ecosystem you're kind of stuck uh chris i know you're not as invested in the apple ecosystem as i am very think not many of us i've I've got like 200 movies and documentaries and stuff on itunes so i'm kind of stuck um but i am really happy with it so far and i think it's going to enhance my football viewing experience i have fubo now on there too so i'm going to do some uh do do, do some liga mechies through that do some la liga through that this weekend uh etc i'm looking forward to that and i don't know if it's going to convert that signal i think it depends on you know where the signal's coming from what what they're filming in etc but uh really really pleased with it so far yeah i've um i've had an apple tv box for about uh, maybe about two years and um, didn't use it that much. I had it in a spare room and, uh, up until about a week ago and, uh, at around Christmas time, I got a new, uh, monitor. So in the room, in my office where I watch soccer games, usually for the most part, uh, I added in the, the new monitor and I thought, okay, let me hook up, um, Apple TV to that. And then on my other monitor, I have a Roku, uh, streaming stick. And that, that's the part of it too, is that, um, each device, there's so many different variables in terms of picture quality and streaming quality and buffering and all these things. A lot of it is the processing power. So if you have an Apple TV and uh, the technology that's inside that is going to be more high-powered, more um, more robust than, say, a Roku streaming stick uh, and vice versa too. A Roku actual device, kind of it, the one that you would more a more expensive device that you'd you mean sit maybe on on a desk or on a top of a TV stand uh and then hardwire that into the television is going to be better than an actual uh Roku streaming stick that would just plug into your HDMI port on your TV so so that's part of it too is like how quickly it can process the information um but yeah the Apple TV um I've had it for a couple of years. I've played around with it quite a bit, but it's been a while. And uh, these last week or so, I was like, holy, holy crap, this Apple TV is is really, really slick. Because I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different options, right? You can go into uh, what to watch next, uh, what's on now, and it aggregates all your information together from all the different streaming services that you have onto one page has a sports tab so you can go in there and see what's live right now uh it'll actually show you kind of thumbnails um live action in thumbnails so you can just look at the thumbnails and see okay which game is is of interest 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, because of, uh, I forgot about that part because of the uh, the insurrection, all that stuff in D.C. I didn't really take advantage of it um, on Wednesday. But when I w- kept flipping back, when I initially flipped back to, to set up the, the United City match, I was seeing a live feed of the Aventus match in a thumbnail, which I never had before. It would be like a still image right. with like a stock image in the past on my previous Apple TV box. On this 4K box, they have all of these additional features. And I also noticed if I had wanted to, which in, under normal circumstances, I would, but of course, we were all kind of uh, captivated by the news, or captivate's the wrong word, but we're all concerned about what was going on in the Capitol. Um, I probably would have done a picture in picture because I also figured out how to do that. So I could have kept the big uh, screen on the Manchester uh, Derby and then had in, in, a, in a smaller mirrored uh, screen the Juventus match. And I, mm-hmm. I'm going to take advantage of that in the future. So, as I said, at least for me so far, and again, I'm only, what, five days in, four days in, it, it's been amazing. I'm going to put together probably in the next week or two, um, basically in a how-to a how to video or a video showing uh, the multicast system within the Apple TV, uh, within the ESPN Plus app. So this feature is only available on Apple TV, the actual box, and Xbox One uh, using ESPN Plus. But you can have the picture-in-picture uh, screen, but you also have multicast. So if you wanted to, you could actually have four games on one TV screen or one monitor, um, and or you can you can have you can go ahead and move them around. It, there's a lot of different options there that are available um, courtesy of that Apple TV box. So in the next week or two, I'll, I'll put together a video and then post that to our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/WorldSoccerTalk, and it'll have kind of a how-to and kind of sh- shows you how that works. So. That's definitely worth checking out because I totally forgot that that feature was even there, and it and it's a, it is a lifesaver, especially when there's so many games on this weekend for FA Cup. I mean, that's that's perfect because I can have four games on at once on one TV, and then another game on on the on the Roku streaming stick on another TV, so I can have five games on at once, and I can kind of keep an eye on which one might be the best one to go to. So maybe I'll do that instead of, instead of listening to the radio, or maybe I'll do both. All right. Next up is uh, Chris Guardino. He says, "When it comes to Com- uh, when it comes to Comcast's uh, Peacock, I'm still a bit timid about using it because the first time I used it uh, to watch Chelsea, the feed quality was poor and it kept buffering. Hopefully, when Chelsea play on there again, the feed quality will be better." And uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I do know that uh, when Fulham plays Chelsea, I think in a, in a week or two um, or a couple of weeks. That game is on Peacock, and and again the the buffering it, that may be Peacock. Um, although I haven't I haven't really experienced any buffering issues. Uh, it could be the device you're using to actually stream it. Uh, it could be um, your internet speed. It could be whether you're going over Wi-Fi or you're hardwired, kind of with an Ethernet um, directly into your TV or c- computer. Um, there could be a whole host of different reasons too. You could have some things running in the background, but um, definitely check it out. I mean, it's uh, I don't know, for me. For me, I haven't had any issues. And then Chris follows up and says, "I have a question uh, to, for you guys about the MLS TV rights beyond next season. My question is: Do you think Fox will renew their deal with the league? Because I heard that due to budget issues, Fox Sports is thinking thinking about dropping Major League Soccer." and only broadcasting the World Cup when it comes to soccer. Lastly, keep up the good work when it comes to the podcast and the website. So this this one's a, 
I, th- I think for me, it's a pretty straightforward answer, and that is no way. Because, because really, Fox is interested in MLS TV rights uh, primarily because the U.S. men's national team and U.S. women's national TV, uh, TV rights are combined with Major League Soccer. So in the next TV deal that's going to happen um, for the 2022 season onwards, uh, whoever's going to bid on those rights is going to actually, if they want to watch, uh, if they want to have rights to U.S. men's national team and U.S. women's national team, they have to go ahead and acquire the MLS rights or go in on a deal with Univision and ESPN to split them and, and, and do that. And this is all leading, of course, to the the 2026 World Cup, which would probably it's going to be probably the biggest World Cup ever. And it's important um, now more than ever for Fox to continue with Major League Soccer because they want those U.S. rights and they want the U.S. to do really, really, really well in that lead up to the 2026 World Cup, which, of course, they have the rights to also. Disagree, Kartik, or you agree on that one? I, you know, I, I go back and forth on this because we've even talked about the idea of, uh, of, of Bleacher Report and uh, or PR Live and CBS and, and whoever else getting involved in the, the MLS TV rights. I, I don't know where, where it's going to go, honestly. It, it, coronavirus uh, threw another chunk in uh, to this. I think um, I, I, I do think that Fox has some serious budget issues, but I, I also think in, in order to keep their branding going through World Cup 2026, and who knows if they even bid competitively for 30 and 34 beyond that, but um, to keep their branding going through 2026, they probably need at least a package, an MLS package. Maybe it's a slimmed down package. Maybe it's a package that involves a couple of matches on, on a Fox network television, but not the number of FS1 or FS2 matches we've seen, uh, not the alternating uh, playoff matches with, uh, with ESPN, etc. But I think they're going to want to keep a presence of some sort. Yeah. Um, BR Live, I mean, um, as of March, um, there was definitely reports that, um, well, actually, BR Live Bleacher Report said that they were interested in Major League Soccer. But since then, a lot has changed. So BR Live, since of since February or March of 2020, since that point in time, they dropped the Champions League. Um, BR Live has lost all of its um, live soccer rights. Uh, all they have is some of the, some of the soccer club TV channels. BR Live has had some layoffs. Um, some of the BR Live content has been kind of um, really brought into the Bleacher Report app and available through the Bleacher Report app. So it's going some sort, uh, some ways, a, a kind of a migration or transition to the Bleacher Report app. At the same time, Bleacher Reports had um, layoffs. BR Football has had layoffs. So I don't see Bleacher Report as being a viable uh, destination for Major League Soccer anymore. Uh, just in, what, six to nine months, I think their strategy has changed. Most of that strategy actually from um, Time Warner has been focused on HBO Max. And um, so starting up with HBO Max a couple of weeks ago, just um, getting it and just checking it out. I can't see sports being a, a, kind of a having a play on there. Maybe, maybe some boxing fights now and again, but the way that uh, HBO Max is set up, I don't see that as being kind of DC Comics, HBO, and then Major League Soccer or sports. I just it doesn't seem to be a good fit there. 
So I don't think that that's going to happen. There might be other streaming services that would be interested in Major League Soccer, but I don't think it's Bleacher Report, and I, I don't think it's going to be HBO, HBO Max anymore. Last but not least, uh, JP says, I don't think La Liga should be so eager to leave uh, being sports as Kartik thinks. If you look at it objectively, it's really not a bad spot. Number one, when it's while it's not carried by Comcast or DirecTV, that still leaves many providers who do carry it. In my experience, it's no longer required to have the highest t- tier or sports pack uh, to watch, as, uh, to watch uh, soccer as it was in the early days of the network. Similar tier to NBCSN, FS2, uh, NFL Network, etc. Number two, we keep saying cord cutting is the way of the future and cable packages will be a thing of the past. BN is carried by the more popular streaming services except for YouTube TV. If someone can't get, uh, this is number three, if someone can't get BN through their cable provider, it's easy and cheap to add on for 8 to $10 a month through Fanatis or Sling. So just like the leagues on ESPN+, Plus, if somebody wants to follow La Liga, they can do so easily. Only difference is streaming isn't the only option. All in all, being sports and La Liga are easily accessible with the added benefit of being on television for some, so they can still get the casual fan, whereas ESPN Plus is preaching to the already um, um, sold uh, fan base. For those already converted uh, who can't get... who can't get it on TV or don't want cable, the cost to get BN Sports through streaming isn't much more than an ESPN+, CBS All Access, etc. Finally, having access to traditional TV keeps them uh, an option for bars. When the world goes back to normal and we can finally watch games at a bar, that is a huge plus. With streaming, you are confined to watching at home or on a small screen. The situation with BN Sports isn't perfect, but I don't think it's hurting La Liga. Kartik, what do you think about this one? I've already kind of stated my opinion, I guess, in, in that I get um, the the BN is accessible uh, argument, and, and JP, you're not the first one to make it to me. I would also say that for people who need to go through all these hoops to kind of seek out BN and find how BN is accessible and more accessible in some ways than other uh, other uh, services, then you've already lost the battle because people, um, unless they're really committed to the league, and I think the people who are really committed to the league have found a way to get BN, right? But they're not going to grow their audience at all in the United States. I think you're when you t- look at the window, even just now having this Apple TV discussion, the window Serie A is in, the window Bundesliga is in, obviously the Premier League, we know where, well, how, how they do in this country, the kind of windows MLS and Liga Mekis get themselves in. La Liga is further down the pecking order. And uh, it, it, it's, I think, a situation where do they want to service their current base of customers exceedingly well, okay, then maybe BN is, is the best bet. Maybe it's not hurting them. But if they actually want to grow that audience and they want to be competitive with new fans, we know the sport is consistently get, gaining new fans and becoming more popular in this country. They are, uh, in my opinion, behind Serie A. Now we just talked Serie A may end up somewhere else next season. And, and maybe uh, that's a break for La Liga if it, if it goes the wrong place, so to speak. But uh, they are they are uh, losing ground to the Bundesliga for sure uh, in terms of just kind of awareness and recognition among casual soccer fans. So there might be fans 
who only watch the Premier League or focus on the Premier League. But they will know and have the ability if they want to once in a while or once for some spe- specific reason watch a Bundesliga match or a Serie A match. They know where to go. They probably have access to it without seeking it out and buying an additional channel or doing something additional in order to watch that league. In the case of La Liga, I think the people who subscribe to BN and find BN through these various uh, ways, whether it's through, you know, Fanatis or, or, or Slaying or whatever, or, or Fubo, do it because they're doing it specifically because they're La Liga fans. So um, I think maybe there's some, maybe I haven't articulated my argument properly in the past. I just don't think they can grow their audience with the current media arrangement they have in this country. That That's how I would put it. Maybe it's perfect for their current customers because their current customers all have sling. Uh, if, if if they're not uh, on some sort of cable system, one of the few cable systems that carries being. Yeah, I think uh, JP has some good points. However, JP, I'm sorry, but I think all of these points are, are incorrect because they're all trending downwards. So the first point about um, being sports being available still on on cable TV and satellite TV on packages, even though they're not available on Comcast and Direct TV, well, those TV numbers, those number of subscribers on television are going down. They're not increasing. And then the second thing about cord cutting, about cord cutting is the way of the future and cable things are going to be a part of the past. And that uh, being is carried by some of the more popular streaming services. That's correct. However, you look at um, being Sports Connect, their their actual their actual streaming product. Uh, thus far, it's been it's been a mess. It's been buggy. It's it's not something that uh, you mean that that that's not an ESPN Plus quality. That's not a Peacock quality. That's not a CBS All Access quality. Um, it's really needs a lot of work before it gets to a point where it is a streaming service that people are going to go to just for, just for being sports. Um, it is available on other streaming services, yes, but I'm not convinced that those numbers are high. I, I'm not convinced that those numbers are increasing uh, in terms of uh, the number of people that are actually getting and watching it being sports on streaming. Um, as far as ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus probably has more subscribers than being sports on television. So ESPN Plus has more than 10 million subscribers. And uh, those numbers are growing. It's projected to hit between um, uh, 12 million uh, by the end of 2024. Uh, it'll probably surpass that. But uh, those numbers are increasing. So, you mean, with uh, being sports on streaming, I would imagine that those numbers are not anything close to, to that. So being on ESPN Plus, you mean, it is something that it gives you greater reach it gives you an opportunity to reach a m- much bigger audience that are sports fans, and it's more likely that uh, you, you will probably you might come across a, a soccer game and start watching it. Uh, the, the big thing about this, and the, one of the big reasons that I think uh, La Liga in the past has been looking at other um, TV companies, is that with being sports, you're not going to get any games over the air. You're not going to get any games... Uh, El Clasico on a ABC or an NBC or a Fox or a CBS. You, you get it on Being Sports and Being Sports uh, in Espanol. And if you're lucky, you'll get anywhere from 500,000 viewers to maybe a million if you're lucky. Uh, that's kind of the high point. So if you're on a, on a Fox or a CBS or an ABC, 
um, you're more likely to probably for a game like that probably get to get a 1.5, 1.6, 1.7, and then grow that. Um, but again, with uh, being on being sports, you don't have that. So, so La Liga is regressing under being sports. Unfortunately, it is. I mean, part of the reason is Comcast. Part of the reason is Directv. Um, that that's definitely holding them back. But nothing's changed. It, it's been this way now for a couple of years, and it's um, it's not helping La Liga at all. I mean, not not one bit. Yes, it's good that being sports has. A commitment, you know that uh, you you can watch those games on um, those La Liga games on being sports guaranteed. There's nothing else going to get in the way. You uh, I mean and there's not going to be like sometimes with ESPN on ESPN or ESPN two. Sometimes a game is scheduled to start, and it's a College World Series baseball, and then uh, that game gets bumped to ESPN News. That's rare. That does happen from time to time. You, you don't get that with being sports. But what you do get is a declining audience, unfortunately, declining numbers. You're not on the upwards trend like uh, the Bundesliga is with ESPN+. Plus. All right, listeners, uh, if you have any questions for us about anything we've discussed or anything we haven't discussed uh, from the world of streaming, from the world of uh, watching soccer and television uh, or apps, and, and speaking of apps, don't forget to download our free uh, World Soccer Talk app, which is available on Google Play and the Apple iStore or the App Store. Uh, it's called Soccer TV Schedules, uh, which is powered by World Soccer Talk. Check that out. Uh, as far as any feedback for us, uh, le- let us know. We'd love to read that out on air. You can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com. Kartik, heading into another weekend of football from around the world. There's going to be matches other than the FA Cup for sure. There's matches from Brazil, uh, from Portugal, uh, from Italy. I mean, around the world, right? What's that? France is back this week. France is back this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a, t- a ton of league gun games on. Many, many of them on being sports. Uh, a lot to choose from. What are you going to do? And what should the listeners do? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.